This is a Federal News Network podcast. It was down to the wire, but the president managed to squeeze in an executive order before 2020 ended, giving federal employees a small pay bump for 2021. It's an across-the-board raise of 1% with no locality pay adjustments. The Office of Personnel Management has new guidance describing the details of the 2021 pay raise. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to explain some of the nuances and where things stand with that payroll tax deferral you all got subjected to at the end of last year. Nicole, let's start with the highlights of the 2021 pay raise. What can you say besides 1%? Right. Well, the executive order that made this 1% pay raise official came on New Year's Eve, uh, relatively late in the evening. Um, And the Office of Personnel Management published some new guidance on all of this on New Year's Day, January 1st. So really just in the nick of time, um, presidents have to put out these executive orders before uh, the year ends in order for the pay raise to become official on time. So this was important. Beyond just the number, the 1%, it's pretty important to note that it does not include any further locality pay adjustments. The locality pay is frozen at 2020 levels. It doesn't mean that you're not seeing any locality pay. Your salary would be much lower if that was the case. Um, It's just that it's frozen at last year's levels. And so that means a a few things for a couple of people, um, specifically federal employees in Des Moines, Iowa, who just this year had their region established as a brand new locality pay area by the president's pay agent. That includes OPM, the Labor Department, and the Office of Management and Budget. Unfortunately, for those employees in Des Moines, they are not realizing the benefits, I guess you could say, of locality pay their locality pay uh, rates are still stuck at that rest of U.S. level because if you're going, if you're freezing locality pay from 2020, there's nothing to adjust for those, you know, new for the employees in Des Moines who now have the new locality pay area. So unfortunately, they'll have to wait until perhaps next year if there is a locality pay adjustment. Uh, to realize that as well. Now, these 1% pay raises for whoever's going to get them, is that across the board or can agencies have discretion to give some people 1.5% if they were exemplary and some people a half a percent or zero if they were less than exemplary? So 1% is by and large across the board for the vast majority of federal employees. And we should specify those federal employees who are on the general schedule. If you're a prevailing rate employee, things look different for you. If you're a member of the senior executive service, uh, bonuses and performance play you know, a role into your ultimate salary. But by and large, the vast majority of feds are getting this 1% raise. There are a couple categories of people who are not included in this, and those include senior political appointees and the vice president, who Congress has once again chosen to give them a pay freeze for 2021. Now, this gets a little complicated um, because there are some federal employees who are perhaps a GS-15 who, you know, because of where they live, their locality pay level and that sort of thing, they are bumping up to the salary cap that's established by the executive schedule, a certain executive schedule rate. Their salaries are tied to that, essentially. For those employees this year, those GS-15s who would normally reach the cap, the cap has been raised to reflect that 1% bump. And so this year in 2020, the max rate that 
general schedule 15 employees can receive is a $172,500 in 2021. So there are some exceptions. There are some nuances. Um, Not everybody who receives an executive schedule is receiving a pay freeze. It really depends on who you are and specifically if you're a political appointee. So I guess if you're a political appointee to get that raise, you're going to have to leave the outgoing administration and find a nice spot at the Manhattan Institute or something like that. Yes, a think tank would probably pay you a little bit more. <laughs> right. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And do we know anything about Schedule 38 pay for next year, doctors and so forth at VA and that type of person? So the 1%, I believe, does apply to some uh, Title 38 employees. Uh, it ultimately depends on how high your salary is. So, for example, you could be capped at that level that I just mentioned. Um, but by and large, the 1% applies to the vast majority, and that would include uh, the Title 38 folks who are you know, maybe at the Veterans Health Administration. Got it. And this payroll tax deferral that I guess went through for federal employees in the last quarter now has to be paid back. Where does that all stand? So the omnibus spending bill, which the president signed recently, includes a provision that allows federal employees to repay the deferred Social Security taxes from 2020 throughout the course of 2021. And we're getting a little bit of information on how that'll work, uh, specifically from the Defense Finance and Accounting Service, which has always been more forthcoming, we'll say, in providing this information. Uh, They have detailed on their website some information about this, specifically that uh, civilian and military members will repay the deferred taxes over the course of 24 pay periods starting around January 16th or that mid-paycheck if you're a military member and ending around December 4th. So that's the schedule. It's not quite the full 26 uh, pay periods that you do have in a year. It's 24 and DFAS has also outlined some information on, you know, how you'll be asked to repay this if, for example, you left your job in 2020 or you're planning to leave your job at some point in 2021. You're probably going to have to, you are going to have to repay the deferred payroll taxes from 2020 in some way. And Nicole, as we speak, it's only a couple of weeks, really, before the inauguration of Joe Biden. And when you look back on the past four years, in many ways, it wasn't all that dissimilar, with some notable exceptions, to the prior eight years. You had off and on cancellations of things like the presidential rank awards and the bonuses that go with those. You had off and on again pay freezes. But there was no fundamental change in civil service except for some of the rules for Veterans Affairs Department and whether those people could be fired and hired more quickly and so on, just nibbling around the edges of the great federal workforce for better or for worse. And so what do you think is going to happen in the next four years? I wonder if there's any chance of real reform in terms of skills and skills development and the basis for hiring and the whole fundamental pay question, which, again, both administrations, the last several, have only nibbled around the edges. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, you know, when it comes to pay, you know, President-elect Biden has expressed, you know, a willingness to give pay raises to federal employees, which he believes they deserve. He said that in some questions and answers provided to the National Active and Retired Federal Employees Association. So, I don't know that a Biden administration is going to get rid of across the board pay raises for federal employees, as uh, President Trump has expressed a willingness to do and which he has ultimately not been able to do during his administration. Congress has really stepped in 
over the last four years and either legislated pay raises or you know found ways to give retroactive raises and that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see how a Biden administration tackles the performance issue. So perhaps redoing awards, bonuses, that kind of thing. Locality pay is also a tricky one, too. I don't necessarily think we're going to see any huge overhauls to locality pay, not if the federal unions have anything to say about it. And of course, the incoming administration will be able to appoint new members to the Federal Salary Council as well. And I imagine they'll be pretty traditional when it comes to how locality pay works and and what it means for federal employees. And beyond that, real fundamental civil service reform requires Congress. And the way Congress is so divided right now, that's not going to change. If anything, it could get worse. Then there doesn't seem to be anything brewing on that front either. So I'm not sure that it's going to be any more than just simply a little shift this way, that way for the next four to eight years. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think, you know, it's not been a lack. It's not been for lack of trying, quite frankly. Um, There have been a lot of commissions. You've covered them. I've covered them over the past you know, year or two who have made recommendations to Congress about ways they can really uh, modernize the federal workforce and the systems in place to, to govern the federal workforce. But if you look at some of the big bills that we've gotten this year, the NDAA, the omnibus spending bill, not a lot of you know provisions in there that ultimately really change things for how the civil service operates and functions. The biggest thing I do think that we saw in the last four years was paid parental leave, which of course has been a decades long fight for some members of Congress. So I'd agree with you. I think maybe a little shift here and there, but maybe not a huge sweeping overhaul. Well, you and I will both be here to cover whatever does happen. So Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, as always, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her stories at federalnewsnetwork.com.